Well, let's turn to the book of Amos. I just want to read one verse here. Uh, actually, not even going to take the time to read the context. I would like to share some thoughts tonight related to what it means to walk with God. Walking with God. And uh, I thought this verse in Amos is maybe a good starting place. Amos chapter 3 and verse 3. Do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment? Now, that uh, verse in its context had to do with God's relationship with disobedient Israel. But I would like to use it as a starting place to discuss this concept of walking with God. Now, this verse seems to have a few slight shades of meaning to it in different translations. So I wanted to read you some of the various translations um, to bring out some of these various nuances related to what this verse can mean. We've already looked at the New American Standard. Do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment or in the margin you can see agreement. The King James has it a little different. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Young's literal translation is do two walk together if they have not met? That's a little different. Uh, idea. The ESV, do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? New International Version, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? And then the New Living Translation says this, can two men, uh, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Can't walk together if one's going one way and one the other. So, I don't know which is the best translation, but for us tonight it really doesn't matter because I think all of these are involved in walking with God. Um, you must, there must be some kind of initial appointment or agreement to meet if you're going to walk together. Then you must actually meet. Next, you must agree on the direction you're going and then to continue to walk together you must remain in agreement with each other if you get mad at one another you're not going to walk together actually there's a way of viewing those different nuances um, in terms of the, the plan of salvation clear from election through conversion repentance sanctification perseverance are all kind of if you think back through those various uh, ways of translating the verse they're all there but that's not what I want to deal with tonight I just want to give some examples of those who walked with God 
and draw out a few thoughts of what it means, what that phrase means to walk with God. So let's pray here before we go on. Father, we pray that you would help us now as we look into your word to understand more of what this simple phrase has involved in it, to walk with you, to walk with God. Help us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's turn back to Genesis. Chapter 5. This one may have come to your mind. It's uh, one of the great examples of walking with God. Genesis chapter 5, and we'll read verse 21 through 23. And this is the example of Enoch. Then Enoch lived... Sixty-five years and became the father of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God three hundred years after he became the father of Methuselah, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty-five years. And Enoch walked with God. We're told that three times here. Walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So... We see that this man Enoch, you, you read through all these uh, people that came before him, and they lived, they had children, they died, their children lived, and had children, and they died. But here you come to this man, there's one distinctive thing about him, he walked with God. He was obedient to God, he walked with God daily. His life was an example then of what it means to be pleasing to God. We're told that in the New Testament. By faith, this is in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith Enoch was taken up, taken up to heaven, so that he should not see death and was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before he was taken up, he was pleasing to God. And then the writer says, without faith it's impossible to please God. So here is a man that walked with God and the New Testament tells us that walk involved faith. So we know one of the big aspects of what it means to walk with God is this ingredient of faith. Uh, If we're going to walk with God, we must trust him. We must believe what he says, which of course that involves obedience. So faith, trust, and obey or there's no other way to be happy with Jesus or to walk with God than to trust and obey. And that comes out clearly in the next example that the Scriptures give us, and that's the example of Noah. Genesis chapter 6 and verses 5 through 9. We'll just cut into the account of Noah here. Verse 5 of chapter 6. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, "I I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth, from man to animals to creeping things to the birds of the sky, For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah 
found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. And goes on and tells of his his uh, family there. So, Noah, another example of one who walked with God. And as a result, his family was spared destruction, uh, the, the destruction that came upon the whole earth. Not only that, by his obedience, the human race continued upon the earth. Uh, here was a situation that the Lord said the wickedness of man was great upon the earth. Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. But here was a man that walked with God in the midst of that type of situation. Uh, We're told in the New Testament, again, in Hebrews chapter 11, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in fear he built an ark to save his family, By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So again, we see that walking with God, a vital element, has to do with faith. But it's it's a faith that produces obedience. We see that walking with God and the obedience of faith go hand in hand. We're also told that he was a preacher of righteousness. He surely warned those. Uh, that were around him for the many years that he was constructing the ark. Uh, But that message fell on deaf ears, obviously. Yet, in the midst of all that, he chose to walk with God, listen to what God had to say rather than going along with what the world was telling him. Uh, I'm sure that there was ridicule and abuse related to the fact that he was building this ark upon dry land. But he chose, in the midst of that, to walk with God. So those are aspects that that are necessary if we're going to walk with God. And then I was also thinking about this. I wonder if the reason God chose to use this phrase concerning both Enoch and Noah that they walked with God uh, relates to the fall. Because Adam and Eve started out in a situation where they were walking with God, but they believed the lie of Satan, the lie that God was not altogether good, the lie that you couldn't really trust what he was saying, And they fell. They were no longer walking with God. And after their sin, we're told this, if you just flip back a page, at least in my Bible, it's just back a page, uh, to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. This is after they fell. It says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the field. Walking with God is to be in the presence of God. But here were people who did not continue on in that situation. And when God was walking, what did they do? They didn't walk with him. They ran away from him. They hid uh, from him. 
I think it also might be worth noting that walking with God involves perseverance. That's what Adam and Eve didn't do. They didn't persevere in faith and trust and walking with God and being in his presence. And it seems like they must, uh, we don't know how long it took, but it didn't seem like very long. But here we're told that Enoch walked with God all his days. And we're told how many days, how long that was. That was 365 years. In other words, he continued on, he persevered in faith. Walking with God involves perseverance. Uh, It involves not believing lies, which is what Adam and Eve did. They believed a lie. It involves not yielding to temptation. And it certainly involves, involves perseverance. So, we're just, you know, trying to expand on this little phrase that comes up. Walking with God. Walk with God. And I would say also, just before we leave Noah, that we don't want to forget that uh, before we're told that Noah walked with God, we're told in verse 8 of chapter 6, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. In other words, we walk with God by the grace of God. Well, let's go forward a little bit. Let's go to Second Kings chapter 23, and we're going to look at a godly king, one of the few uh, in Israel, Josiah. Second Kings in chapter 23. As I said, there weren't a whole lot of godly kings, uh, at least for quite a long time. And then we come to this young man, and he, he was really young. He was eight years old when he became king. Uh, anyway, was he eight or 18? I can't remember. What's that? Okay. Well, I don't know what he was. He was young, though, one or the other. And uh, they began to make some reforms. He did. And one of the things they wanted to do was fix the temple up. And when they were fixing the temple up, they found the law of God. Things were in such bad shape, they'd actually lost the Word of God and didn't even realize, you know, its absence. But when they found it, they knew they had something. So they brought it to the king, and it was read to the king. And it was a a revolution, it was a, a revival, it was a reformation in the king's life. And so... One of the things that uh, he does is he tells the priest to go inquire of God concerning what what he just heard. I mean, he said, we are in bad shape. If this is right, and he knew it was because it was the word of God, we're in a mess. Go inquire of God. So I would say there's another ingredient in walking with God, and that's prayer. Taking the word of God uh, and 
using it as a basis of prayer. But let's, re- let's just, I, d- I don't want to read the ho- uh, whole account here, but let's just go to uh, chapter 23 and verses 1 through 3. Then the king sent, and they gathered to him all the elders of Judah and, and of Jerusalem. And the king went up to the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great, and he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the people, before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul and to carry out the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people entered into the covenant. So, we're talking about walking with God. And here was this king. He makes a commitment to walk with God and to do all that's written in the book, in the book they found. Now, that, that's part of what it means to walk with God. You make a commitment, I'm going to follow this. What's, what's written here is what I'm going to do. Now, he was one of the few kings, like I said before, to heed the word of God. But he read it and determined to do what it said. And it says, he, he, when he made that determination, it says um, he did that with all his heart, with all his heart and all his soul, to carry out the words of this book. We're talking about what it means to walk with God. It, it comes down to a heart matter. And it's saying, I'm going to go with God with all my heart, with all my soul. And you're, going, you're also going by the book, you see. You don't know how to live a godly life and obey God unless you know what he said. And this is what, when they found the book, they knew what God had said. But I also would say we don't usually learn much more of what it means to walk with God until we're willing to walk in what we already know. And then this is what he's saying. I'm going to go with whatever God says. So, the, a, a, a heart commitment is involved in walking with God. And prayer, I, I mentioned that. Uh, he, he, when, they, when, he was, uh, when the book was read to him, first of all, before he read it to the people, it was read to him. And the, when, they, when that was done, he said, Go, this is verse 13 of 22, Go, inquire of the Lord for me and the people in all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that burns against us because our fathers have not listened to the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. Go inquire of the Lord. That's a big part of walking with God, inquiring of the Lord, prayer. Well, let's go then to uh, a priest, uh, actually the Levi, 
but we're told about Levi in the last book of the New Testament. So let's turn to Malachi. Okay, so eight. So he was very young when he became king. Uh, Malachi, chapter 2. Again, a situation where, by and large, the, the nation had, uh, was in a situation where they were displeasing to God, and so were the priests and the leaders. Nevertheless, we're told this in, in that situation, uh, chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. Then you will know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant may continue with Levi, says the Lord of hosts. So he's talking about Levi here. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him as an object of reverence. That is the, the covenant, an object of reverence. So he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and unrighteousness was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many back from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should preserve knowledge, and men should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts. So we're told here, that Levi revered God and stood in awe of his name. Consequently, because of that, true instruction was in his mouth and uprightness was, uh, unrighteousness was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness. If we're going to walk with God in peace and uprightness. We're going to have to do what it says here. Revere him and stand in awe of his name. If, if you don't do that, you're not going to walk with God. Well, Levi did do that. And consequently, he walked with God in peace and uprightness. Walking with God involves being a person of truthfulness, of uprightness, of peace, with a desire also here, note this, there's a desire to turn many back from iniquity. See that at the end of verse 6? He turned many back from iniquity. Walking with God uh, involves a desire to see other people walk with God. You don't want to just walk with God by yourself. You want to see as many people as possible walk with God. So, turning back many from iniquity. A person of truth who truly walks with God will want to tell the truth to others. So, there's, an, there's a, a number of, I guess you'd say, activities that are involved in walking with God. Remember that one translation of the verse we started out with there in Amos? Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? 
God's got a direction for for us as his people. And uh, that involves these things we've looked at here. The covenant God has made with us in Christ should be a continual amazement and wonder to us. This is what he was talking about. He said, uh, My covenant with him, was verse 5, My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him as an object of reverence. So, I mean, when we think of what God has done for us in the new covenant, it should be something that brings wonder and amazement to us. That's part of walking with God, seeing the wonder of the new covenant. But let's go on. And now let's go to the last book in the New Testament, book of Revelation. And the church at Sardis Sardis had some real problems, but there were some saints there. And we're told about those saints in verse 4. So let's read. We're in Revelation chapter 3, verse 4. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall thus be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. We see that walking with God involves seeking to live clean lives here on earth so that we can walk with God in white garments in heaven. They had not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. What, what I'm trying to say is that we walk with God now, endeavoring to keep our garments clean, so that one day we shall walk with God in spotless white garments. Walking with God involves seeking to stay clean here on earth with a view to the fact that one day God is going to have us perfectly clean uh, in, our, in our walk with him in heaven. We'll walk with him in white garments. And then finally, and I, I, you know, there could be many more things here, but Uh, for our purposes here tonight. Finally, I just want to say that walking with God involves humility. And that is found in Micah 6.8. You don't need to turn to it because you know it. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. If you're going to walk with God, it's going to be a humble walk. There's no other way. You cannot walk with God and be proud. 
all of these examples of people who walked with God, all walked with God by the grace of God. They all found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The reason that they determined to walk with God was because God determined to walk with them. There's no place for pride in the Christian life. There's no place for pride in our walk with God because we didn't do it. God did it. And it's by, it's all of grace, as Spurgeon says. We know that apart from the grace of God shown to us in Christ, none of us could or would walk with God. So our walk is all to the praise of the glory of God. Grace and humility go together. When you see what grace is, you begin to learn what humility is all about. As long as you think you've got the resources or the abilities, you're not going to walk with God. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Well, those then are just a few things that I think we should think about when we think of this phrase, walking with God. What does it mean to walk with God? Can two walk together except they be agreed? Do two walk together if they've not met? Do two walk together unless they've agreed to meet? Do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so? Can two walk together without agreeing on the direction? Do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment? Well, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you tonight for the grace of God shown to us in Christ that makes it so that sinful people can walk with you. We thank you for that, and we pray that more and more we would learn what it means to walk with God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.